almost the weekend. <laughs> I like how you've adopted the um, the wrestling WrestleMania commentator um, in the left corner as the intro voice. Yeah, let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> this is how we're going to do the whole podcast from here on. Out. Uh, Loki, I I love wrestling. I, um... It's going to be unlistenable. Uh... <laughs> Oh man, how are yeah, you? Yeah, you, you you love wrestling. I love wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I had a motorbike crash in Cambodia, and uh, I was down and out for like at least a week, and I got food poisoning at the same time. So I was proper, I was proper down, and yeah. um, the the TV in my my little hotel room there was pretty cooked when it came to channels but one of the consistent channels it got was wwe wrestling and so for like a solid 10 days i just watched a wrestling season and it was so wow. entertaining which was it oh, it was uh seamus was my favorite guy so okay. I, I don't know if that rings a bell but he was like no. a really pasty irish dude yeah um and like they're all just huge, but yeah, I, th I think it was WWE. I'm I'm really not sure though. Yeah, yeah. I I never got into wrestling as a kid. I just never got around it. Um, mm. I think like I mentioned in the other episode, I had a pretty sheltered childhood, and so my parents probably didn't want want me watching the the men fight one fight one another. Um, <laughs> yeah, as they do. But when I was in college, I got slightly into wrestling. Like when I was staying at Sunbury. I don't know if you oh, remember yeah. that. That was, that was before we met, but yeah. Um, and I, my favorite wrestler was Mankind. <laughs> oh, that's a great name. I, do, you, I don't do you know, know Mankind. Him. No. Uh, he's um he's a real weird dude. He wore like a business shirt, um, and he had a mask on the whole time. It was like a leather leather mask. Oh yeah, that that's ringing a bell. I mean, the the personas they assume are so cooked. You know, they just they just take like a one dimensional thing like mask in a business suit and just push it to the extreme. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, there's this meme where it's like, do you remember the time that Undertaker, Undertaker threw mankind off hell in a cell? Do you like? Do you know that meme? <laughs> yeah, plummeted I think sixteen three, sixteen feet through an announcer's table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That meme. Yeah, that's that's mankind. He, he that happened to him. He was always like getting mad punished in that in his, he, he just always <laughs> took beatings. But I loved him. Just he looked so weird. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's great. Yeah. Have have you ever played one of the many wrestling games? Um, I haven't. Oh, maybe like briefly for like, you know, when I was a kid or whatever, I like someone passed me a controller and I said I had no idea what was going on. Those games were incomprehensible to me, and I think they still are kind of incomprehensible. It's like I never knew what would make my guy do the moves. He'd always just like <laughs> yeah. do the same thing over and over again, no matter what button I pressed. Yeah, and it was super different to fighting games because there was never any health bar or anything. Like you yeah. had to you had to hold your opponent down and like who knew what button that was? And then exactly. <laughs> you yeah. had to wait for like Either three or ten, like, none of it was consistent or made any sense to, to me either. Yeah, like, the invisible meter of, like, how exhausted your opponent was or whatever. <laughs> yeah. it's, this is... What's happening in this game? Yeah, I think it was really just fan service. Like, oh, I get to run around as my favourite guy and, like, you know, hit someone with a chair or whatever. That's the whole... <laughs> that's the whole game. And it delivered on that, so, you know, there you go. Um, but I'm good. How, how have you been? Uh, I'm a bit, I'm a bit trash this week, but I'm yeah. okay. You know, I'm, I'm really good at, uh, distracting myself. You know, it's just about like getting to the next hour or the next day. Yeah. Um, and this week I had some stellar distractions. I, yeah. um, I finished Disco, Disco Elysium. Yeah. Dude, hell yeah. Incredible. Had a, had a stellar time all the way through that game. Yeah. Um, Very nice. Yeah, so, something I Zeus, found come. kind of novel ab about the game as like a point-and-click adventure game was how good the conveyance was. Yeah, right. Like, I always had something to do or somewhere to go, and I knew what to do or how to go about it. I I thought that was that was really Im impressive. Um, and, and the way they, again, just cohesion 
It's yeah. just everything feeds into itself. Like the stats feed into your conversations and then like the the way your tasks and map is like in your little booklet with your stats and it's just yeah. like it just feels so good to be in that world. But yeah. Yeah, look, the the story was exceptional. The character's amazing. Easily the best writing in video games I've ever seen. By yeah, right. By yeah. a huge margin. Like nothing nothing I've played has come close to that. Um yeah. and I think it's because of that reason that I feel like I could recommend the game to people who might not be super across video games. Like I agree. Yeah. You know, just there's there's some basic tabletop stuff you need to be aware of, like dice rolls, and that's yeah. that's kind of it. Um, I feel like most people kind of get dice rolls, especially if they've ever played a board game. But yeah, 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 it still can be a little bit like, oh, what does this system do? You know, like I think the the way the um, what do they call it in that that game, the thought case or something like that, where you like p- put your ideas and they gestate for like a period of time and they turn into stats. Yeah, oh, that's a that's a great mechanic. I can't remember what it was called, but basically, depending on um, what you get the main character to say and do, it reminds him of of like what ways that he thinks he used to think. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, because he's got no memory, if you if you are racist and and you subscribe to fascism, like, you think that you used to be a fascist, so you try to remember that, and yeah. it gives you like debuffs or buffs, usually yeah. both. Yeah. Um, and I I love that system. I actually went way overboard. Um. So by the time I finished that game, I'd unlocked all of the thought cabinets. And that's right. Thought cabinets. Thought cabinets, there it is. <laughs> it had to come naturally. Um, yeah, I'd unlocked all of the thought cabinets and I'd like forgotten and rethought stuff like five or six times. Um, mm. And based on speaking to Phoebe, who's also finished it, that was not a very good idea. Right. Because. Just... Sorry, go on. No, no, you go, you keep going. Um, because you like you're hoping for kind of buffs, but you can also just use those points to to put into raw stats and definitely get a buff and you right. don't always get buffs with thoughts but it's just like you usually learn some really cool stuff about characters or the world with the thoughts so i just yeah. kind of kept doing that um, yeah but dude ended up being pretty thick like i yeah. played for 40 45 hours easy oh yeah mad did you try and do everything that you could in the first playthrough uh yeah i did but it's just, uh, it's man. I mean, we could talk about disco for a million years. That uh, I should that, finish it, and we'll have we'll have a spoiler cast about it. That'd be cool because yeah. the the design is just a beautiful. Um, yeah. There's, the, I I don't think you could see everything in one playthrough. Yeah, totally. Be, because like you choose your stats at the start of that game, and like you can build uh, your stats throughout the game, but you kind of have to stick to that. Um, framework um, based on like the stats you choose at the beginning and it just like your experience is totally different based on that and then yeah. when you get to the end game there are just some fat juicy rolls right it's like i played a really cooked version of the main character where yeah. like i had one motorix and one intellect and I- <laughs> you were full strength and I was full, full strength. I can't remember what that was called. Yeah. Uh, like endurance or something and full psyche. So yeah. I was like this really strong, empathetic puppy dog. But yeah. I was stupid as fuck and yeah. like could not throw dex- like dexterity rolls to save myself. Right. Yeah. Oh, it that's was, awesome. It was very fun. But like there were just some rolls I was not making. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what that game does really beautifully is it's like it encourages you to not really care so much about failing a role in certain instances because that's like what your character is not good at. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, this is like the whole thing with role playing is I feel like a lot of, you know, modern RPGs kind of fail at doing that. They're like, oh, you just, you know, put stats across the board or, you know, you pick something. It doesn't really like play into a type of character and like the sorts of results that you get based on your stats seem like Mm. a little bit washy compared to Disco Elysium, where it's like, 
you know, if 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 you're really dumb like you were in your game, like it kind of dictates the choices that you make. And like if you try and get those roles, you fail in like such a spectacular fashion off often. Yeah. <laughs> that it's like it actually really plays into your character's experience in, in a really interesting like role play way. It's hard to it's hard to describe, but yeah, it's it's very cool. Yeah, and you're totally right. And the best thing about the game is that the game is self-aware and it knows that. Like, there was this huge yeah. side quest I went on and I got all the way to the end and I failed a role and it was oh. so disappointing. Um, and it was a Motorix role, so, like, yeah. I just, you know, it was it was going to be hard for me anyway. And I got down and, you know, I was feeling disappointed outside of the game. Yeah. And then Kim Kitsuragi just had this big soliloquy about how things don't always go to plan but it's yeah. about you know you might not have the skill set but you've got the effort and it just was so uh. poignant <laughs> and i was like man like i failed and this game still has so much to give me yeah beautiful that's so good what a what a brilliant piece of media oh man <laughs> yeah. um yeah yeah, so that, that's that's what I've been doing. What, what nice. have, have you been playing anything? A little bit. Um, well, we we I got a my new dog this week. So yeah, Congrats, Zeus man. is sitting next to me on the couch having a little nap. Yeah, oh, thanks. He's, uh, he is the cutest freaking thing. I keep getting, I keep falling more in love with this damn dog, and it's been a week. <laughs> yeah, <It's, laughs> isn't know? isn't it funny? Like it's so weird yeah. to love something you've only just met yeah yeah i think it's because i mean i already love most dogs i meet but um <laughs> yeah yeah I, I don't know i had i had a reason for it but what was it um oh it's because i, I feel like dogs just give themselves so willingly to you you know mm -hmm. they're just so like mm -hmm. you know there for you and they're just so pure. <laughs> you know, they look at you with nothing but adoration and love. And you're just like, I can't, I can't not love you because like this, it's, it's pure. Yeah. Yeah. hundred um, percent. Yeah. I, I got home last night. I, I went to see Top Gun last night, actually. The new one. Oh, oh, there's a yeah. new Top Gun. Yeah. It's called Top Gun Maverick. Oh, wow. Have you seen the original? I have not. No. Yeah. So I, I hadn't seen the original either. And I watched it the night before last night. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm full, fully top gunned out and, <laughs> okay. um, and yeah, it's a dumb himbo homoerotic, <laughs> like movie about nothing. The original. Right. Really, really. It's just like, um, a it feels like a student film, you know, like there's nothing, <laughs> it doesn't really have anything to say. It's just like some planes some, it was almost like stock footage of planes flying around and they just edited it, edited it to make it look like a dog fight. Oh my God. That's how it feels. That's and then hilarious. Tom Cruise is there and he's, you know, shirtless and sweaty and like there's other buff, sweaty mans and they're all, you know, clapping each other's butt cheeks. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, it's, it's a fun time though. Um, and then the sequel was um, was really fun. It's like super action-y. Um, yeah. A little bit less homoerotic. In fact, it was fairly straight and sexless to be honest, but. Um, it was still a fun time. The action was like top notch. I thought it felt like really high stakes and had me on the edge of my seat. And oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. Haven't been to an action movie like that in a, in a long time, so I, I really enjoyed it. Even though it was dumb as a brick, it's it still fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes you just need that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's exactly what Top Gun is. You know, that's how. That's why I like it because it knows that it's dumb as a brick. It just is like, <laughs> yeah. Let's let's jump in this plane and go fast. Wahoo! <laughs> yeah, sick. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm playing uh, a little bit of Apex this week. Um, nice. Played a couple of games of Hunt. Um. Yeah, I haven't really been playing too many too many games. Yeah, I mean, uh, get getting a dog is a, is a big deal. That's, yeah, that's a, a huge change to the game of life. Yeah, dude, we've been going on like two walks a day at least, and um, doing lots of playing and running around. Yeah, it's been a good time. Oh, that's awesome. Mm. That's awesome. Well, uh, I'm a bit peckish, so I don't know if you've got a three-piece news feed <laughs> on hand. <laughs> let me uh, let me see here. Let me rummage around in the back of the old. Oh! But hang on, I found three pieces of news. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you ready? 
I'm so ready. All right. So the first piece of news is actually an Australian piece of news. It's new data showing Australians spent billions on video games in 2021. That's um, that's to no one's surprise. Yes, of course. We all know that it's a you know, multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar global industry. But they had like a nice little stat breakdown here. And I thought I'd uh, read out some of those stats just because I love a stat. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's hear them. Okay. So we've got the total value of... $3.96 billion in Australia. I believe that's the total value of the Australian games industry. They've broken wow. it up into um, people spending $1.41 billion on digital downloads of video games. Wow. $1.51 on mobile games. Oh, yeah, and, okay. That makes yeah. sense. And $1.07 billion on traditional retail, you know, brick, brick and mortar store. Yeah, right. It's, I mean, it's definitely a topic in its own right, but it's, it's really interesting the difference between like retail versus digital and when games are first released, like they can be 30, $40 cheaper at JB Hi-Fi than they are digitally, even though like it costs so much money to manufacture discs and booklets and plastic cases it's yeah really strange i'd love to know why that's so cooked yeah i i don't know um but yeah i agree that is a really strange thing you're right it's like there's all the materials and transit and shipping and Mm. everything um and then digitally it's just like you know on a server somewhere no one's having to really pay for anything except for upkeep of the server and like sony or like the platform does that anyway so like whatever yeah um very strange anyway cool love to yeah love to hear the industry doing well take that yeah. 90s parents who are like <laughs> stop playing video games and go to law school <laughs> yeah yeah who needs law anyway <laughs> Um, so related to Top Gun, Microsoft, uh, flight simulator has a Top Gun expansion, which is launched for free recently. It looks like it's, um, looks like it's just some flying real fast in the Top Gun planes with some Top Gun skins, you know, put Maverick on the, on the guy's helmet and call it a day. Like it looks, it looks, it looks fun and interesting. Did you ever mess around with flight simulator? I've, I've never messed around with any simulator, but I'm, I'm curious about them. So, um... At the office, my the lead programmer was sort of briefly in, interested in flight sim, and he oh, yeah. brought in like a flight yoke and like all of the little buttons and shit. Oh no! And shit. Um, yeah, and set it all up, and we played a little bit. It's very uh, involved. Like if you want to do it properly, like have no assists on or anything, you like you have to like go through like a flight checklist, and there's all the button. Like it's like a fully realized simulator. It's not just like a toy. Wow. <laughs> That's you know? awesome. Yeah, yeah, I've I've only ever seen like videos of you know the plane flying in flight simulator. So like yeah. I I actually have no idea what the gameplay is like. I mean, the gameplay is imagine flying a plane. That's the that's the game. Right, and it's yeah. and it's literal in that you've got to press every button and like yeah. you know the fuel and the blah blah. Yeah. You can tell I know a lot about flying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, there was all sorts of weird shit you had to do that I just had no... I guess it's because it's the age, the type of plane you fly as well. There's, like, so many different types in the game, but you had to, like, you know, soak the fuel rod or whatever and then pull the lever to, like, get it out of the fuel sloking chamber and then press the spark, and uh, there's all sorts of random shit you got to do. And if you do any <laughs> of it wrong, it's like the plane just doesn't start. <laughs> and you're, like, stuck on the tarmac. Wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Some some folks out there, I'm sure, really soak soak that up. But yeah, yeah, not not for me. But still cool to witness. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, and uh, if you're still hungry, there's one final piece of the three piece news feed here I've got for you. Yeah, yeah, give me that last wing. <laughs> the Gollum, the Gollum video game launches in September. Have you seen anything about the Gollum video game? Wait, as in Smeagol? Yes. What the fuck? No. What? Wait. <laughs> What kind of video game is it? Um, I don't know. It's it. You play Gollum, and um, <laughs> okay, that's that's a good the start. game. Yeah, it looks like some sort of third-person adventure style thing. Um, it's a little bit more cartoony and light than I think you would expect. 
um, a golem game to be. But wow. yeah, yeah, that's uh, wow. I, I, yeah, I, I don't think I could make a video game around Gollum. He's not. He doesn't do that much. I mean, you know, I'm I'm just imagining what it might be like, and I can imagine some kind of like four-hour crawling through caves, eating fish, cursing yeah, fish. a lot. Like, um, yeah. yeah, I'm not really. And unless it's it's outside of canon, and they decide to go full ham and like, you know, they they set Gollum up to be this puppet master behind all of these main events in the Lord of the Rings story. Like, I don't, I yeah. don't, I don't know how they can turn turn yeah. Gollum into a game, really. Yeah. So there's a little bit of an excerpt here. Um, if you're familiar with Gollum's shadowy nature from the books and movies, you won't be surprised to hear that you'll be doing a lot of sneaking around to get where you need to go. But the video featured quite a lot of environmental traversal as well, so, you know, climbing and crawling into spaces. And Gollum spent a lot of time scaling walls, making great leaps to avoid hazards. Players also have an opportunity to react to situations as Gollum, as, uh, or as his kinder self, Smeagol. So I guess you could... <laughs> There's like a light and dark side to the character, you know, like a... Oh, jeez, I don't yeah. know about this, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so... I don't know. The fact that games like this get made is so funny to me. It's like, it's a big project. This is like a AAA release, right? Right. I don't, I don't know who is like heading this up, being like in the boardroom, everyone <laughs> sitting around and some guy at the front being like, you've heard of Lord of the Rings. Now, <laughs> what about... The shitty character, <laughs> the one that people don't like, Gollum. Let's make oh. a game where you're him. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's. I think they probably just own the license and they're just wringing it dry in every yeah. possible way that they can. Yeah, disgusting. Oh, that's hilarious. I've um, I've got just some quick potato mash and gravy to go oh, with your, your feed. Hell yeah, I love some potato mash and gravy. <laughs> um, so last week, Hollow Knight had the most, uh, like the biggest number of concurrent players ever. Um, yeah. 20,000 players were playing concurrently on Steam. And it's, wow. it's not a multiplayer game or anything. And yeah. it's f- five years old and just randomly that happened. So I think was it because of a streamer playing it? Um, it it seemed like it was just like the Silk Song hype, and it was on sale. And I mean, it's uh, it's so cheap normally. So when it's on sale, it's like six dollars. Yeah. Um, or what I think is is probably more likely is they listened to it's almost the weekend, and they were like, "Oh, Dan's uh, number <laughs> one. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get yeah, on that." Yeah. Um. And the, the you other imagine if we had that kind of sway, <laughs> I would, I would love if we would. No, that's a, I don't want that, that much power because I'm, no. I'm Terrifying. bound to, to say some stupid shit. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and the, uh, the gravity go with that is that Dead Cells is getting an accessibility update. Um, oh, nice. I, I mentioned, uh, I think when we were doing our top 10, that there was a game in my list that was inspired by The Last of Us Part 2 accessibility options. Um, yeah. And it was Dead Cells. They came out and they were like, the, the options were super good. Um, and, y- you know, they, they said something around, like, how far they could go. You know, like, it's it's historically been bigger text or, like... You know, just just some basic stuff, but they they loved how you could basically change the game with accessibility options. Um, yeah, and so like one of the options is that like it changes the genre basically because yeah, wow. like roguelikes are defined by permadeath, right? Like you die and you go all the way back to the beginning, um, and they're adding an accessibility option where you die and you don't go back to the beginning. You can oh, wow. you can keep going on on the run. Oh, and, sick. And it's just like more options like that is fucking awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Dude, I got some bag chips for you. <laughs> <laughs> no Man's yeah. Sky got another update. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, wait. Is, isn't is this the... I think I saw this, like the Leviathan update. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's like... A, it, it, there's like a collective roguelike element where... Yeah. Okay. All right. You you look. You feed me the chips. I'll just sit here with my mouth open. 
<laughs> no, there's, I mean, you pretty much got the whole, you know, you've already found all the chips and eaten most of them, dude. I, I think it's, you're spot on. It's a roguelike, um, you know, you, you can die a set number of times and it rejigs the puzzle or rejigs the, um, the dungeon that you're in. And yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of the vibe. I haven't, I haven't checked out too many details on it, to be honest, but it looks like it's, it's, uh, pretty cool and it comes hot on the heels of their last piece of dlc the um the pirates one whatever it was called outlaw yeah so, yeah the, I, I, people are just like this they're releasing content too fast for us to even get through previous bits of like it's crazy um and they're so, still working on something else apparently so i don't know Be a different game yeah dude i don't like when are they gonna stop uh, do they, they uh, do they even know that they can stop yeah, I don't know. I think Sean Murray has just become, you know, a No Man's Sky creature. <laughs> he has become the the No Man. Uh, so anyway, that was a huge, that was like a family meal, not a three-piece feed we just had. Yeah, that's okay. Like, you know, I, I was, I, I said I was peckish, but I was lying. I was famished. <laughs> yeah. Every time you say peckish, but I get hungrier, like in real life. So. <laughs> shall we jump into the topic for the week yeah 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 hit me hit me up all right so this week i have brought cinematics as our topic yeah um, i'm keen on this one and i think my um my brain split into a little bit because mm. i i confused cinematics with cut scenes yes and and you you don't mean cut scenes do you I mean both. So we can talk about a little bit of cutscenes. Um, oh, hell yeah. We can talk about a little bit of uh, trailer or, um, you know, gameplay trailer versus a uh, hype trailer or whatever you want to call it, like a pre-rendered trailer. Yeah, um, cool. Cool, cool, yeah, cool. Pretty much anything. Great, great. Um, well, shit, man. Like, one of the prompts you've got here is which games had the best cinematics. And yeah. I feel like if you've been listening to th this podcast, you probably already know our answer, but it's it's whatever the fuck Kojima Sun does. <laughs> like, it was the Metal Gear yeah. series, and then when Death Stranding came out, like, the the cinematics, like, like the trailers for that game, the pre-rendered stuff, versus the, the actual cutscenes are just oozing with, like, cinema inspiration. Yeah, he really does know how to make a movie, that guy. Um, I can't wait to see if they end up doing... The, they, they were rumoured a little while ago to be doing some film production stuff at their studio. Oh. Um, though I don't know if that was just a rumour or if there's actually anything in the works. But yeah, it's it's I, I love... Especially um, the more modern stuff. Yeah, so like MGS4, MGS3, the, those cutscenes and cinematics are incredible. And even in... Um, uh, ground zeros there's some really neat little bits of mm. cinematography yeah and i think i think that's the key word right like there's there's cutscenes in in most um large scale like triple a video games but i feel like kojima's video games have cinematography yeah. not not all video games have cinematography like i know I know at like its foundation that word just means like where you put the camera on the characters or the landscape or whatever but yeah. like in a lot of video games it's literally just that like I don't feel any thought has gone into like how the position of the of the camera and like the coloring of the shot actually yeah. adds to the cutscene they're just like these two characters are talking and they need to be in frame <laughs> like that's that's what it feels like a lot of video games do yeah, totally. Yeah, I've been doing heaps of um, cutscene stuff recently at work, and do it. It is hard, dude. Like, there's so much to know about how cameras work as well, like what lens to use, and mm. yeah, there's like heaps to it. And even just like, I don't know much about lighting either. But like, mm. once you start putting lights in a scene as well, that really changes up the way that you read the shots. Like, you know, whether or not you can see a character's face or how much you see of them in a certain angle and you know mm. like oh the actual movement of the camera that's what i was talking about like the uh the way that the camera is either held or still or on a tripod or whatever like it does have tracks when it moves is it does it have like the cameraman's hands on it you know what i mean like yeah yeah in um in god of war they they just try really hard to like make sure that all the camera moves feel mostly natural as if there's a person actually holding the camera 
Yeah, so. well, it, it's a completely different ball game when it comes to animation and video games because you can literally do anything. You yeah. know, there's you can have you can have cameras impossibly close to people that you you know you can't do that in real life or like impossibly yeah. far away, and it's just like. I think the amount of options that you have must be daunting. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Um, and I think that it really helps to have good direction as well. You know, like a, we want this scene to say this is really yeah. helpful. Yeah. If you can say, if you have like a, a goal for what you want each shot to do and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Otherwise, it just becomes like, what's the point of doing any of this? You were just yeah. like moving objects around for the sake of nothing, really. Yeah, um, and and I think it makes things a lot more interesting, especially like you know we're we're talking about the metal the Metal Gear games and some of those cutscenes go for fucking ages and, yeah. and oh man I can tell you if that shit was just like static camera on two characters you'd want to blow your brains out after <laughs> ten minutes but they they keep it interesting you know they yeah. they show you different perspectives and like when the cameras move into new environments they take advantage of that. Um, it's just, it just feels like a lot of care goes into the, into the cutscenes of those games. Do, and do you remember in, in Metal Gear Solid 4 during, when you're in the truck, um, having conversations with like Otacon and stuff, you could become the Metal Gear, uh, what's yeah. it called? The little, the little guy? The little dude, the little dude and run around and like, yeah. yeah collect yeah. batteries and shit while yeah. you're listening to the stories. Yeah. That was so cool. Yeah. I mean, they did heaps of great stuff in that game. There's a couple of times where they um, they split the screen in half and showed two things happening at once while yes. you were playing the game. Yeah, and the um, vamp fight. The vamp fight um, and, like, when he's crawling through the reactor. Oh, and, yeah. And it shows... I think it's it's showing Autocon trying to do something at the same time. And yeah. it's it, it really creates a lot of stress for the player... Because yeah. unless you've got some burfication going on where you can legitimately pay attention to two things at the same time with, like, 100% accuracy, which is, like, just about fucking impossible for most people, it's really stressful because you're trying to, like, understand, like, what's happening with Vamp and Raiden, but you're also trying to take down a Metal Gear... And, like, it was really fun playing through those moments with Phoebe because I'd be, like, dying on the ground and I'd be like, what's happening with Vamp? And she'd be like, uh, uh, uh. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Very good. Um, yeah, and also I really liked the cinematic stuff that they did in The Last of Us too. Like, I think they really upped the game in terms of, like, shot making and um, cinematic choices and all this, like, the acting as well in The Last of Us 2 was really uh, some great stuff. Yeah. I mean, I've just got Naughty Dog Games as, as one of my answers because they yeah. really do knock it out of the park. And I think I think you're right. Like, Last of Us Part 2 is is the bee's knees when it comes to that kind of stuff. And it's, it's a bit strange, right? Because Naughty Dog have just become so good at this kind of thing that mm. I almost take it for granted sometimes. Yeah. But, but it's just like, I think, I think I texted you when I, I first started playing part two a couple of months back and I was just like, fuck, I forgot how, like what, what it feels like to play a new Naughty Dog game. Like this shit is yeah. bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I think Naughty Dog, especially in the, um, uh, what do you call them? Not, uh, what are the games where you play Nathan Drake? Uh, Uncharted. Uncharted games. Yeah, they, they can feel a little bit soapy. You know what I mean? Like they're a little bit kind of dramatic and <laughs> like the, the shot, especially in like the two, the second one, felt a little bit corny in, in, in stages, but I guess that's kind of the medium. Oh, definitely, um, definitely. Yeah. Like it's 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 definitely handling it up to a degree. Um, yeah. But I I think just looking at things objectively, like considering the scope of the games and stuff, I I reckon Uncharted Four is Naughty Dog's best game. It's yeah, it's, wow. it's, it's not my favorite, obviously, but that game just. I mean, it offers so much, and it has stakes, and it has all these interpersonal relationships that are kind of intertwined and yeah. at, at the point of breaking. Yeah. And, and it also just really 
um, changes up the gameplay, even within chapters. Like, there's there's one chapter where you, like, start out in a market. and oh, yeah. And there's, there's some points in these really special video games where you're in control of the camera, but it feels like a cutscene. And mm. th- that that's what I felt when I was, like, walking through the market at the start of this chapter. I was just like, holy fuck. Like, the way Nathan Drake is bumping up against people yeah. and he, like, says sorry and he, like, uses yeah. his hand to brush past people and, like, their jumpers flap and, <laughs> like, it, it, it felt insane. And then, like, you go down and into this clock tower and do some puzzle solving and, again, it's, like, gameplay, but it's super, like, you're hanging off you know, the minute hand or whatever. And and then like, and then like you go back to the market and then gunfire breaks out and like you, you end up on this motorbike and you're on the end of a crane. Like it's just, (laughs) it's, it's amazing. It's it's just one of those things that naughty, like it feels like only naughty dog can, can pull it off. Ambitious enough to try that crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The, the one that I remember from Naughty Dog is from Last of Us 2. It's that sequence where you... Um, it's the car sequence. Um, it's right at uh, the start of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember exactly how it all goes down, but you bump into... I remember the, the name of the character. He's the other male character who you hang out with. Uh, Jesse? Yeah. Yes, I think. Yeah. And and you've, you're just like... There's not any zambas around just yet but you're taking out like the humans yes and you get in that car and it all goes up shit creek kind of literally yeah (laughs) yeah because that was so heavily like you know cinematic but there was still moments of gameplay where you're like shooting the wit through the window and there's people Mm. jumping on the car and all sorts of crazy shits going on and it just felt like such a great confluence of like the being like really high stakes and you're in control but there's also like this loss of control because the car is you know going backwards (laughs) like yeah it's such a cool i remember like after that sequence being like holy shit like this is they really did something here this is something else (laughs) Mm. Um, yeah yeah Yeah, that's a great shout out yeah um have you ever played there's oh we played five nights at freddy's right so you're familiar with the sort of fmv style game yeah, so that's um that's really like I know about Night Trap. Yeah. Um and I think like Discount Night Trap, I can't remember what it's called, but I feel like there was a point in the 90s where like cereal boxes came with FMV <laughs> games. Yeah. Um so like I I kind of found them really boring as a kid yeah. because it was just trial and error, right? Yeah, um, pretty much. And I think they were purposefully abstruse because they wanted you to play them for long so they'd yep. be easy to mess up. And, like, you know, to win them, it's really only, like, 15 or 20 minutes of game. But yeah. because there are so many ways to fuck it up, yeah, like, it yeah. can take you just literally, hours, like, tens of hours to, to figure out what it is you need to actually do. Yeah. I think it's interesting, right? Because it's like a, um, almost like a teething period for the video game industry as a whole, like, or the the game, the medium of games. Cause it's like, I feel like there's an alternative universe somewhere where we might've gone down the path of every game being an FMV, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) it became successful enough to be like, we'll figure out this technology and, you know, we'll we'll be able to make it such that that's the way that it goes. And I think like we had a peek into that alternative universe when Netflix did that game that you could interact oh, with bandersnatch bandersnatch yeah yeah which i didn't really like but um yeah there's there's that as well which is sort of like a cinematic and sort of not you know there's like prompts and uh you know winding storylines where like you say with night trap you have to like kind of figure out best way through through trial yeah. and error yeah um, yeah i think um I mean, I, I, I enjoyed Bandersnatch, but it was way more lenient in in that you, you could make a mistake and the story just didn't end. Like yeah. with, with Night Trap, you just like things end it if ends. you if you make too many mistakes. Um, yeah. whereas like with, with Bandersnatch you, you you got a genuine ending regardless of how badly you kind of fucked up the choices along the way. 
Yeah. Um, and and I you know I feel like the the FMV stuff wasn't lost. Like like you say, we we get Bandersnatch, and I don't know if that would have existed without the FMV stuff. But yeah. like I don't I don't know if Quantum Break would have existed either. You know, oh, that, yeah. that's like a game where all the cutscenes are acted by like IRL. Mm. Um, and it's, you know, that was, that was interesting. I remember, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember like the, cause it was kind of like you would play an hour of the game and then like, you'd get a 30 minute TV episode with yeah. all of the characters that you're playing as, or, you know, playing against or whatever, but they're real life and, you know, it's a real production. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, right? I don't know if it... It wasn't much good, though, right? Like, it had some uh, issues. I, I, so, the the cutscenes were great. They were the best part of that game. But oh, that, right. that, that game was kind of like... Um, you know, it was made by that the same studio that did Control. Quantic Dream. Um, no, not Quantic Dream. Um, Remedy. Remedy. Um, and uh, they're just... They're, when it comes to combat, combat they're, they're, it's just so boring. <laughs> yeah. Like, I... I was in a, I was in the middle of a fight, like maybe three or four hours into Quantum Break, and I just put it down. I was like, "This is so bland." <laughs> like, it's you know, I haven't been playing for that long, and it's it's banal already. Like, it's time to it's time to move on to something else. But I really loved the cutscenes; they were cool. Yeah, nice. Yeah, again, it feels like such a hard sell in a boardroom. You know, it's like we're gonna have this video game and TV series running at the same time. It's like you thought making a game was expensive. Well, wait till I tell you about a TV game. <laughs> you know, <laughs> such yeah. a hard sell. Like it's, so, I, I can't imagine how how they would ever get made. And so yeah, it feels like a cool, weird, like little glitch in the not glitch, but moment in exploration of like what video game can be in a mainstream yeah. way. Yeah, and that's. Yeah. That feels good, like, despite I just talked shit about it for five minutes. I, I still think that experimentation is, yeah. is really important. And totally. when, when, it, when it comes to that, like, real-life cutscene kind of stuff, I feel like they kind of got that balance right in control. Like, yeah. all of the, the little videos you'd find of Darling were, were you know... Live action. What, what is it called? Real-life... Live action. Live action. Thank you. <laughs> Keep forgetting. But yeah, real all the life. <laughs> real life video. Yeah. Um, RLV. Yeah. RLV. Yeah. So all the like all the little videos you find are RLV, um, mm. and there are plenty of cutscenes that aren't. You know, they're just in-game cutscenes, and I think that that felt nice because like. Yeah. The, the videos of Darling and of Trench and stuff, they were optional. You didn't have to watch them, but if they were there, it was pretty cool that they were real people and they had real actors and all that kind of thing. Yeah, and a lot of that stuff was, like, really heavily filtered and affected, and some mm. at least some of it was. There were some shots of just, you know, the scientist guy just chilling in, in, the, in the room. Yeah. Um, but they also had a really... Uh, another cutscene in that game, I don't know if you got to see, I think it was optional, but it was, like, a stop-motion animation oh I, yeah. yeah doesn't doesn't ring a bell i think it was about two kids it might have been a reflection on jesse and her brother or something like that but it was oh, these yeah. two kids and yeah they went and did i think it was like felt and wool like they made it sort mm. of like yeah i love when people when when game companies do stuff like that they're like oh, let's do this cutscene stop motion <laughs> like this is cool <laughs> yeah give it a go why not yeah something just completely out of the ordinary yeah yeah um, so I, I also put a couple of, um, links for you to, to view, uh, with yeah. regards to Anthem. Did you watch those? Yeah. Yeah. I watched those. Um, Hell yeah. what were your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, so like, I feel like it's kind of infamous now, right? That mm. initial Anthem hype trailer, not, mm. not because of the visuals or the cutscenes, but because of the paid actors who were like <laughs> pre pretending to be gamers. Yeah. Yeah. So cringy. It's, it's so cringy. It's awful. And it's it's yeah. funny because um I actually thought about this last weekend before you came up with the prompt because we uh. were we were playing um Alienation mm. and uh, speaking of Alienation, I'm fucking loving that game right now. Yeah, like I I just I don't know if it's my lack of experience when it comes to like online multiplayer games, but man, I just feel like there's just enough in that game 
to keep you wanting to come back and the the weapon systems are like just complex enough to be really satisfying yeah um anyway we, we were playing that game and there was like a half an hour spell where um you Damo and i just were talking shit and having a great time but we weren't actually swearing yeah. and i i just noted that we weren't swearing and i was like oh man this would be this is what the the industry needs to pay attention to like this is what video games sound like like yeah. we we keep like you know making mistakes and you know like dying and it's funny like we laugh yeah. out loud a lot and it's just like watching that anthem thing again i was just like oh god i remember how cringy those voice actors were did they swear in that video? No, they didn't. Oh. But th- that's that's what I'm saying. Like because we weren't swearing, like it's right, it's right. marketable. It reminded you of that, right? Okay, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They had like you know the ethnically ethnically diverse friend group, and oh. <laughs> they all had their own you know archetypical um, personalities. <laughs> oh, it was gross. <laughs> the one was playing the game more than the others, who had like you know slightly better gear and all that sort of shit. So, oh god damn. This is such manicured, um, presentable stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's just gross, and you know, like like our our boardroom fantasy where we imagine mm. all these rich white dudes making the calls. It's just like, yeah, that's that's what you come up with. You know, that's what we expected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was interesting just from a visual standpoint because at some point production would have been like okay we got this trailer we can give you you know we're going to be able to show effectively you know a part of the game it's not going to be final but what we need to do in order to present it to the public in a in a viewable you know hype up sort of exciting state is we need to employ a visual effects company to basically go over this footage and make it look amazing yeah so and that's what they did (laughs) <laughs> right they've, so they've I, had to have gone like there's no way that that's in game it just doesn't there's no way you know that modern games don't really even look like that it's just yeah it's visual I, effects I, I was wondering if it was just them you know how like when they're developing a game they they run the prototype on like a beastly pc rather than like the console that they're actually trying to sell it on and i was wondering if they just had the most beastly pc ever and that's what they were running it on but but what you what you just said sounds way more likely yeah i i think there's probably parts of it that are you know on the beast pc and they've they've got some nice high-res textures Mm -hmm. they're, they're playing through but there's also like all kinds of visual effects wizardry going on with like smoke simulation physics simulation lighting and all that sort of stuff um that's just not doable on a on a game (laughs) you just can't you just can't do it these days and the fact that it came out in 2017 it's just like god this is is wild to me yeah and i i I think though that doesn't make it inherently bad um Mm. like because that that's like a slightly different arena because it was a gameplay demo that mm. looked like a cinematic and and that just feels like we're being lied to yes. but there are a lot of games that have um pre-rendered cutscenes or cinematics and and they look way out of place compared to the gameplay but that's like a really different thing right like yeah. when when you first came up with this topic the first game that came to mind was Final Fantasy 10 Oh wow! Okay. Um, because that game actually has awesome cinematics, really, yeah. really fucking cool, well-made, um, just basically little hype machines. Because like yeah. the world is so awesome, and um, I feel like that really works for the game. Like you might play, you know, five hours of battles and story, and then you get like this sick pre-rendered cutscene of like a blitzball tournament, and it's just like. Oh my god, this looks so much cooler than it does in in the game, and I, yeah. I I feel like that's that's changed now, right? Like back in the day, cinematics would be leaps and bounds ahead of the gameplay. Like yes. it was it was kind of like they were showing off, yeah, um, a little bit. Where like good cinematics these days don't really need to show off. I I kind of feel yeah. like they've plateaued with you know 
The Last of Us and whatever the most recent AAA game is. Like, they all just kind of look as good as the last one. And and, yeah. it, and it looks really good. Um, yeah. And it, it feels like good cinematics these days need to be more pertinent to the story and, like, add something. Like, it's yeah. just... It's not enough to, to show off and be like, you know, you're playing on, on a PS2 engine, but, like, look at these pre-rendered graphics. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, you know, the divide isn't wide enough anymore for that to be enough. Yeah. Yeah, so there is... Yeah, you, you touched on something interesting there, because, like, there is... Um, the, uh, like back in the day they would do the pre-rendered cutscenes, right they weren't running in engine they were literally loading like a vid- video file from the disc and playing it yeah whereas yeah. A, a lot of the time these days like you say it's it's in engine um and there's like varying degrees of that right like some in-game cinematics are legit just the engine running and they're just playing you know some gameplay that's not even mm. you know it's just like scripted events or whatever yeah but in, in naughty dog's case it seems as though they're doing a bit of a scale up at the time of the um cutscene. they're like swapping out to some higher res models with better facial rigs yeah um, it, 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 it looks like more... that yeah yeah exactly um and that's not something that all games do as well like they like i said some will like do nothing with the game engine they'll just keep it the same and just play the play the cinematic like uh, in assassin's creed it, how i remember it anyway back in the day they mm-hmm. would just like you could walk around the cutscenes, <laughs> like you could just be in the cutscene because uh, it was running in the in the engine oh yeah right and you'd have all those funny glitches because like it's running in engine and like sometimes you've got like a horse or a character where they're not supposed to be and like they're yeah. just in the middle of this cutscene. That um, yeah. that happened a lot to me in The Witcher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have like some dude who's got like, you know, mud all over his face and a weird hat walking through like a, a very emotional cutscene. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. good. I yeah. love that shit. <laughs> I'm just standing in between you and the other character as they're speaking <laughs> it's such an immersion breaking thing yeah like uh who the fuck is this guy why are you here oh fuck yeah 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 very good um, <laughs> nice dude um and then the, and then there was the battlefield one as well which is it's just sort of like another example of like here's a studio who's taken like their cutscene and you know it doesn't even look like the game in the end it looks like some other game some other kind of experience that's not even reflective of the final product yeah i mean seeing that trailer just reminded me of alien colonial marines you know? oh god that, that yeah. v- vertical slice that just looks fucking awesome um, yeah and then oh just so so different and that's that's kind of a theme here right like i i guess legally um, d- developers or publishers get away with saying this is not in-game footage, this will yeah. differ from the final product or whatever, but it's like, I mean, they've taken the word differ and just felt with pretty <laughs> generous with what the fuck that word means. Yeah, yeah. differ. We're talking about different. <laughs> Real different at this point. Yeah. 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 Um. And like it's it's you, you know you see like you say those those games like Battlefield where it's just like it it hypes up what Battlefield is known for which is basically insane vehicle combat you know mm. where people like eject out of jets shoot someone in the head and then land back in the jet yeah and yeah. and it feels like the marketing team tried to capitalize on that yeah um and like you know that's a that's a one in a 10,000 chance. Like, it just doesn't happen that often in those yeah. games. And, like, you've got to be really fucking good to, to do that kind of thing. And it's just like, yeah, I think I think it's just marketing being super out of touch with, with the play base. Yeah, I, I, I can't say for, for sure, but I think it seems to be happening less and less these days. Mm, um, right. The, the, like, touched up trailer it seems to be doing more like damage in the long run to the studio than good because right. like obviously you'll you'll get some hype and you might sell some copies but the you know steam review bombing and the the good loss of goodwill is kind of like super damaging so mm. I, I think they're finding that you know it's better to just not show anything um 
or show like an obviously pre-rendered thing that's done by like Blur Studio or something like that. Yeah. Well, I think I think there's an in-between option as well, which is like what Death Stranding did, where they had mm. these incredible cinematics, but they they were actually in the game. Yeah. And they weren't changed at all. Like when those pop- yeah. cutscenes popped up in the game, you're like, oh wow, this is part of the story now. This wasn't yep. just some like I don't know aesthetic porn to jerk off to. Like <laughs> <laughs> you, these these are actual characters, and and you you're following what's happening. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I think Kojima, that, and I, like, I think that's where the c- cinematography part comes in, where you're like able to lean a little bit on like being proficient with like telling a visual story through, you know, camera choices and lens choices and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. that you can get away with like not relying on whiz bang explosions and all sorts of crazy <laughs> effects you just you just show the story bro and you just show up good yeah well i i think that kind of comes down to the the point of cinematics right like mm. it's it's kind of acts like glue to keep the story well paced because yeah. I, I mean you for it to be a video game, you have to have some interaction and that's going to be outside of cutscenes. But like when they're well-crafted, kind of like The Last of Us, how everything just bleeds into it- itself. You know, you're yeah. you're jumping through a window, you just press X to, to do that. And then by the time you land, it's a cutscene. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just like, oh man, this is, juicy. this is good. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. juicy. Um, and Something. like, sorry. Sorry, you go. <laughs> something, something that um that we haven't talked about that is kind of like adjacent is the um what is what you call them uh quick time events oh jeez oh yeah yeah fuck those like holy shit <laughs> they've gone away there's no more quick time events yeah so all right all right that's that is that is interesting because there are quick time well I I don't know you you tell me so in yeah. the evil within there are some uh, gameplay segments where, like, you're on a road or you're in a castle or some shit and you get to a gate and you need to open the gate. And to open the gate, you need to tap X a bunch. Oh, right, but yeah. as you tap, like, as you approach the gate and, like, engage with it, the camera changes and it shows you a new perspective of, like behind you while you tap x and so you might start tapping x and then all these all these zambas start running at you and it's like it's kind of the same thing but it's a little bit different because you can just stop at any time and be like all right i need to deal with these zambas yeah compared to like i don't know any of those shitty david cage games where you (laughs) press like the the whole game is a quick time sequence yeah the one that comes to mind for me with quick time events is god of war the originals oh um, yeah yeah because those had heaps of those in the boss fights you'd like get the boss down to a certain amount of health and it would trigger a quick time event and it was just like hit the buttons in time um yeah that's and right. then there's also uh the quantic dream ones which is like a there's like heaps of cut time uh, quick time events in those where you're like it's just playing a sequence a non-linear sequence like sort of like mm. night trap or whatever and depending on how many times you mess up it will change the outcome of the end of the sequence yeah yeah um, so yeah but yeah i've seen way fewer of those in recent times i don't that's, know that's that's a great development and like yeah. some i feel like developers would kind of lean on it in, yeah in weird places like i remember the first dying light which had its own swathe of issues but uh <laughs> it it was really fun like the core gameplay in that game fucking ruled mm. um and at the end when you when you trudge through the shit story that is super bland and you don't <laughs> care about you you like the game makes you have a final boss encounter where it just doesn't need one but the developers just thought video games should have final boss encounters and yeah. then out of nowhere it's a full quick time encounter oh uh, what it's and you've like there's no other quick time events in that entire game and yeah. it's, it's just so weird it's like i mean were you halfway through development and then just realized it was popular or like what why why yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, I, I'm mixed. I think I think there's like moments where quick time events are really cool, like they actually feel good. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm thinking is that sequence in the big microwave in Metal Gear Solid Four is that technically a quick time event? Where you're like mashing the button to get through? Oh, I think you are mashing the button. Yeah, and yeah. I mean that that feels that feels pretty good. That feels pretty real. Yeah, because it's like relevant to the story, right? Like you're you're fatiguing your finger while you're <laughs> trying to get mm. snake through the tunnel. Wow, that sounds real bad. But um... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's so Kojima, though, right? Yeah. To to like have that meta commentary on like what you're doing in real life and how yeah. the, the you know what's happening on the screen. So I I I think that's top of the pops. You know, I yeah. think that's the zenith of quick time events. Right, right. Um, and then I feel like there's some other ones as well where you, mashing isn't super good. I feel like in other contexts where you like have to get out of, you know, a chokehold or whatever, or if a zombie's mm -hmm. got you on the floor, you've got to mash a button to to get out. Oh, actually, in, in Resident Evil 2, the remake, that, that works okay. It's it's quick, though. It's like super quick. I don't mm. know. There's, I'm, I'm so divided on quick time events. I think it's when there's like a long sequence of them in a row where you, like I'm thinking in um, heavy rain, you're trying to climb up a muddy wall and like oh, you have to like hold down all the buttons on the controller in sequence <laughs> to uh, like get up the wall. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No one's got time for that anymore, David Cage. Yeah, Mr. Cage, come on. Um, Dude, we we made it. We got to the end of the topic. <laughs> We got to the end. Um, so just quick before Jeez. we sign off, quick lightning round. What's your favorite cinematic? Oh God. Um, oh, let's see. I've I've got him on the ropes, people. Yeah, I'm really um, of the ones that we've mentioned so far, uh, mm -hmm. or the ones that we mentioned in the past. I really like the intro cinematic from The Last of Us One. That really mm. hits hard every single time. Mm -hmm. um, I think it will like stay the test of time. Like it's going to be up there for a lot of people and for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, let's see what else. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'd, I'd have to go like look through the library of games and have my mind jogged on on what cinematics I've seen and what have what, stuck with me. What's good. Yeah. I mean, the last of us is, is a pretty solid answer. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um, for me, I think it's, uh, from final fantasy 10. Yeah. There's, there's, uh, this scene where like one of the characters, um, has been manipulated in marrying like this evil dude, and you, you, you got all your friends in this flying ship, right? And like you shoot all these ropes into this rooftop where the wedding is taking place and it's all rendered and super pretty and you and all your bros are sliding down the ropes doing backflips and shit and you come <laughs> and crash this wedding and it's just fucking hype. It's so good. Yeah. Um, and and then you like go back to the turn-based gameplay. <laughs> yeah, great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but that cutscene rocks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's also like Blizz, Blizzard do heaps of really good cutscenes for Ooh, their um yeah, new that... like Overwatch heroes. They always get a new one, and same with Apex Legends. Whenever they announce a new hero, there's like a cutscene that goes along with them. Um, and sometimes they'll just do like a here's the characters doing stuff together style cutscene when they introduce a new season. Yeah, um, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I, I think that that sort of stuff um, has the potential to get a bit stale, like over time, where it's like, oh yeah, you know, it's a pretty rendered, pre-rendered animation, and they're doing the stuff that's sort of relevant to them in the game. It's just been around and been done quite a lot, mm. so I think it's like due for a bit of a refresh. Yeah. Um, I don't know really know what that refresh looks like, but yeah, I can feel people being, or feel myself at least being, um, kind of a bit tired of. <laughs> Of seeing the the pretty Blizzard, you know, trailer. Yeah, yeah. Well, look if uh, if you've got ideas for what that refresh should look like, you can email them to us at it's almost the weekend pod at gmail dot com. Yeah, we had our first email come through. It was from I think a spam bot, and it just said hello. Yeah. Um. Well, <laughs> like if if you want to do read a mail, I've got uh, I've got three emails here. 
Oh, yeah. So I got the first one from Set and Kaya Gozanglu. Okay. Um, they say hello. Okay. Uh, yep. So, uh, look, uh, yep. Uh, I've got Flora <laughs> DePino. Um, they say allo. Oh, so, nice. Three um, days ago. Thanks for that, Flora. Yeah. Uh, great to hear from you. And finally, we've got Marui Dimitro, or, D- yeah, no, Marui Dimitro. Um, and they also say hello. So, look, we're just so glad that you guys are engaging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly, the, I, I couldn't have hoped for a better response from uh, these three folks. <laughs> This is really, this has really made my week personally to have these greetings from these probably spam bots. Uh, yeah. <laughs> get our email. That's what I want to know. I don't know. And I, I love that um, Gmail hasn't realized that uh, this is spam because we literally have no other emails. So it's just like, yeah, this is what this account deserves to receive. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Uh, Satina K actually has a profile picture. I, I don't see that with spam bots very often. Oh wow! So so she does. Yeah. That's... So I don't know. Maybe we should respond to that one. <laughs> we're in the BCC though. It's not to us. It's like we're in the the blind CC, Oh no, so. that's the BCC is the danger zone by Kenny Rogers. <laughs> okay. Hell yeah. Um. Well, do you wanna do you wanna wrap us wrap us up? Yeah, let's wrap it. I hope I hope everyone listening has a really lovely weekend and we'll uh, we'll see you next time when it's almost the weekend once more. Bye.